I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and as you can see, I am really activated because today's episode is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of myth busting. My guest, Vijay Mantri, co-founder, chief investment strategist at JRL Money. We are going to talk about a, a lot of things, including myth busting, the whole active versus passive debate. Folks, you really want to listen into this one. There's a lot of data, a lot of nuance, a lot of subtleties that probably you haven't heard of, and you really want to hear. This. So we'll be right back right after this short break. And welcome back. First, let me introduce Vijay because he is a veteran. He spent the last twenty-five years in capital markets and mutual funds, from Aditya Birla Group to HDFC Mutual Fund to Deutsche Mutual Fund. He was, in fact, also the CEO MD of Primerica Mutual Fund. And currently, he is the co-founder and chief investment strategist at JRL Money. He is very visible on media, writes tons of columns, and you know, I I read some of his LinkedIn posts and thought I should you know invite him over and do an episode. And before I forget, of course, big thank you to Ashish Somaya for introducing us. Vijay, welcome to Paisa Paisa. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Thank you. very much for calling me is a really a great honor for me to be a with a person like you who Arre. has who has been a celebrated author uh, one of the best selling uh, co-author of a book so is really honor for me thank to be thank you here. come on the honor is all mine okay before we start vijay tell us about jrl money and also about jivantika because there are two things that you do you are you know you are the co-founder at jrl money so first let's talk about jrl money and then i want to spend some time on jivantika because god that is really interesting So JRL Money is a fintech uh, platform where we help uh, existing mutual fund distributor to offer far superior product experience to their clients. So perhaps we will we should do episode little later on what are the interesting offering we have. Our base is PMS and mutual fund, but within that we offer very very interesting option to the investor where uh, the investor meet their goals, but the journey is far more smoother than in normal course of business. So we help. So we come out of fund ratings and we have interesting strategies, and the entire thing is completely tech enabled. So you don't need to do any physical movement of things. So this is about JRL Money. Other venture which I co-founded with my colleague is Jivantika, which is a very interesting platform. Many people are not aware that uh, if you don't claim dividend for consecutive period of period of seven years. then your shares goes to investor protection and education fund now there are many organization which currently work on information arbitrage they will come and tell you that hey you have shares but we will not tell you till you sign documents with us we have disrupted the entire market what we have done is that we have 15 lakh folios valuing 30000 crore mm-hmm. and we have put across 200 companies which basically cover 97% of the folios and value on investor protection fund we have put that on a website in searchable format you just need to look at two data your surname and the state in which you belong right now or earlier and then whosoever is there in that characteristic searches you you will get your name and then we help investor they can take our services and they can go directly diy but uh, we have completely disrupted the entire thing if they take our services there's a commercial angle to it but we do not take anything from the investor till the shares are credited in their demat account so they don't have to pay a single paisa to us i want to understand this in a layman's term how is because you said that for someone who has not claimed dividends for 7 years okay we in today's day of course everything comes boom into the bank account but we belong to an era where warrants used to come 
warrants used to either not reach your house or if they reach your house so it would go somewhere and you would not even know it so unclaimed dividends actually is a very big number so talk to us about unclaimed dividend and also the more trickier part the shares so unclaimed dividend it goes unclaimed dividend is very small portion compared to unclaimed value of the shares so it is just not that uh, i think most of these are pre 2000 and at that time the value was negligible people might have ignored it the company might be not doing well and suddenly in last 25 30 years the company started doing well earlier people used to you are anupam gupta so you wrote in perhaps you had a share in name of anupam kumar or some different different name we didn't have aadhar card or pan card at that time yeah. so and people used to apply in multiple names to get allotment and then here bonus and dividend uh, right issues and all that so the value is actually just moved very significantly so the second part is which more much more interesting is that if you sold shares so it is not in your books of account but you sold those shares but the person to whom you sold those shares has not sent these shares for transfer so in company's record you are the only shareholders and you are the only person who's legally entitled to claim those uh, shares so many people are not even aware about so it is it just it may be the ignorance it may be a lack of information whatever you call it but today currently 30000 crore value of shares wow. are there in investor protection fund mm. and and it looks like these shares belong to unknown names you'll be surprised many known names who come in the market their shares are there in in investor protection fund yeah wow. you forgot you you kept yeah. somewhere else in the suitcase somewhere in the almaries and then what has happened don't know so this is one part of it equally bigger part is you have close to 30 lakh folios valuing close to 70000 crore worth shares in physical form oh. and now the regulator is nudging you get these shares dematerialized as these shares will be frozen so we also provide that service to the people and there again there's a complication you are anupam gupta but old shares are name of anupam kumar yeah. uh married unmarried pre marriage yeah, yeah, yeah. people we'll die change of address whatever. change of address there are different different complications we help investor to navigate through all that and uh, now we are getting more and more people coming to us because we offer in very transparent way we don't charge anything from the investor and we are very standard charges so it is not that i'll charge something from you and something else from somebody else yeah. and we don't charge anything till you get the shares in your name and luckily uh, i'm being there so there's some credibility to to the whole all setup yeah so folks the website is jivantika that's j w e v a n t i k a i would urge you to check that out in case you know you have you you suddenly found some share certificates of someone like a reliance which has kept on having so many capital issues in the last 20 30 years and interestingly largest number of folios are in reliance industries only would be na sir 1977 ka ipo uske baad to god alone knows anyway we should do one more and talking about credibility with a 25 years in the mutual fund industry look at the names here aditya billa group hdfc mutual fund deutsche mutual fund primerica mutual fund i mean you you saw back in the 90s how the mutual fund industry started all the way till today 2022 tell us about that i mean how so interestingly the company bidla sun life asset management company was bought by me from someone else and then converted into bidla oh, at wow. that time i was we were in nerman point sabiat office at mittal court so i used to go every day to meet <laughs> them and we used to get a lot of regulation from capital international our joint venture partner of regulation in us help regulator at that time so i was part of the startup team at that time and i was also part of the startup team at sdfc mutual fund in year 2000 part of the team i uh, which uh, revived the deutsche mutual fund uh, as a ceo and then i got potential of us 
in India, which is Primerica and now known as PGIM. So it has been a very fascinating uh, journey. Uh, a lot of people don't know that total asset under management with private sector mutual fund in March 2019, uh, sorry, 1919 was less than 7,000 crore. Mm. So the mutual fund industry has seen among all the sector of the Indian economy, the one of the consistent fastest growth of 20% compounded over the last 25 years is incredible. Wow. wow. And still, we haven't gone anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. I mean, look at the number of folios or whatever. Nothing, it is. nothing. So, Folio, if I look at total SIPs, which are more than five year old, the total value is just one like 11,000 crore rupees, which is minuscule. $15 billion, that's it. Nothing. And you look at insurance, bank FD 49 lakh crore <laughs> okay. insurance 38 lakh crore if you look at the numbers yeah. and we are nowhere and we can discuss more about this yeah like you said you know many more episodes finally uh Vijay, before we go into the break you ran a fintech company you know how fintechs run you've seen in the last four five years how so much of money has poured into this space all of them want to jump on mutual funds investment shares advice x y z what's your view because these people unlike you know companies of our era where you would have a promoter who would do a business he would have cash flows he would have profits he would go to maybe a bank to get a loan that model is disrupted but if you talk about fintechs in the space of investments, what's your view on that? How the space has, you know, shaped out so far and going forward, what do you think is going to happen? So, so there's some guy who's done an incredible job. Perhaps they rode on the back of what has been created by mutual fund distributor and mutual fund industry. So uh, why uh, Virat is a great batsman because he rode on the shoulder of Sachin and Sachin is great because he rode on the shoulder of Sunil Gavaskar. So if you look at the mutual fund industry, uh, if you look at SIP numbers, so they are they are named like HDFC, SBI, we did like few lakhs SIP. Grow does 50 lakh SIP. Now these organizations are 25 into the mutual fund industry. Grow is maybe three, four years. So it is a technology which is helping. This is one part. The second part, many fintech offer direct plan where they don't make money in the process. And I think it's a customer acquisition tool in my opinion. I am not privy to their business plan, but why you want to acquire a customer if the customer is not profitable to you? And no mutual fund investor per se can be profitable if you offer direct plan to them. So invariably, these customer comes and then you have a stockbroking and other alternate product being sold out. The way we set up our, our fintech platform is that we are not looking at market share. First, we need to have a great product great track record and then you built over on on that so uh, we also have a lure of people coming and telling us we want to give you funding grow your business we are holding it back mm, interesting eh? we should have you back to explain that once that is out so folks we will be right back after the break and we're going to talk about some pretty interesting stuff on index funds passive investing active investing so don't go anywhere this is going to be a really interesting episode we'll be right back And welcome back. Okay, Vijay. Now let's get into the hairy stuff, the unconventional stuff. Over the past few years, you know, index funds and passive investing have taken over all conversations. So I've done quite a few episodes on them. So I'm going to start there. Conceptually, okay, let's just talk about concepts and get to the data later. What's your own individual personal take on this debate? Active investing versus passive investing. See, I think uh, both the idea will exist and should coexist. There's absolutely no problem in that. But the way today the idea has been communicated is that actives are bad, just come to the passive. That is also fine, but at least you should show full facts to the investor, which actually none of these reports comes out with. I challenge them many times, but none of them show actual data to the client. So, for instance, there's a headline grabbing news that 80% of the fund underperformed TRI. I got to know from where they get the data. 
it is true that in some period the large cap has underperformed the TRI. But in the mid and small cap category, in the ELSS category, in the others category where your contra dividend yield focus value fund, there are large number of funds where the outperformance is consistent and very significant. Mm. But just hold that for a moment. When you say active fund underperform, they underperform what? They underperform against TRI. Okay, so we are underperforming against TRI. So what should investor do? Invest in TRI. How does investor invest in TRI? Either you go through ETF and either you go through index fund. ETF, they got their own challenges in India because of buy and sell spread, which is very huge. So the only alternate available to look for you is to look at index fund. So the right comparison, in my opinion, of actively managed fund has to happen first with the index fund. Second thing, index fund comes at very low charges. So perhaps no mutual fund distributors are interested in selling them. So the customer need to pick them directly. If that is a the logic, then the direct plan of mutual fund need to be compared with index fund direct plan. Right now, what is happening that a fully loaded plan of actively managed fund is compared against TRI. I don't know whether it is being done deliberately or it is by default. I don't know. I have done my own numbers and when you compare with index fund, the data looks very, very different, even for the large cap. Let's get into that, right? Because um, I I saw your LinkedIn post and you said that all, first of all, of course, all index funds underperform the underlying index and you're not the only one saying that. I have, I have spoken to a few veterans of the industry who also share the same year. First, all index funds underperform the underlying index, even if by less than 1% per year. No, it is not 1%. Okay, they consistently me. underperform more than 1%. So let's get into that. So if you look at data for one year, so forget about 2025 years, because at that time, perhaps the number of index fund was not very large. So if you look at one year, three year, five year, 10 year, 15 years, okay? Now you'll find two, two, two interesting things. One is that within index fund, in same category, for instance, Nifty 50, there's a huge gap between the best and worst. Over a 15-year period is more than 1% compounded. So in absolute term, it is 19% gap between the best index fund and the worst index fund. And in, the index fund you're saying? In the only Nifty 50 index fund I'm talking right now. Okay. Okay. Over a five-year, the gap is as high as 7% in absolute term. So the gap between the best and worst is actually 1%. So someone saying you that index fund is easy, you don't need to apply your brain. Then the question comes, first of all, within the index fund, even within the Nifty 50, which one you pick? Wow. Okay. Second thing, most liquid is Nifty 50. Even the Nifty 50, consistently, there's a 1% plus kind of underperformance. Consistently. It is not, you know, we are talking about uh, some illiquid indices. We are talking about liquid indices. So there's a consistent underperformance. Mm. And the reason is, one is their charges, then there's impact cost, and then there's a brokerages, security transaction tax, stamp duty, they need to hold some cash. There's a continuous buying and selling happen in index fund. Combination of all these create inefficiency in index fund. So that, in my opinion, is a big mystery, which has not been you know, disclosed to investor that index fund underperform. There's a possibility of actively managed fund outperforming 20%, 30 whatever number you, you take, there's a one part. The second part is when you invest in index fund, the question is which index? Nifty 50, next 50, 100, 200, 500. Then we talk about a small, mid. So there are more than hundreds of index fund. Without even getting into factor. Without getting into factor. So how do you choose which index fund wow. you should go with? 
And if you look at, for instance, I looked at 500, Nifty 500. There's a Nifty 500 TRI and there's a Nifty 500 fund. That Nifty 500 fund underperforming it by 2.5%. If you go to sectoral indices, the underperformance is massive of the index fund of that sector. Uh, okay. So it's very interesting. But you just take a pop-up window of one particular period. Please, when I say, please disclose this fact to the investor. I don't have any problem. Anybody investing in index fund is a great idea. But who's going to help investor to choose which index fund? Okay. So to me, these guys are not disclosing these things. So I don't know what is the rationale behind it. Yeah. So folks, I'm going to just, you know, leave that thought with you that when you're choosing an in index fund, at least be careful. Because from what Vijay is saying, you know, the, the idea that I'm getting is if even with an index fund, there's a massive... So you have equal index, your momentum index fund has come into market. So you have low volatility alpha. Now in ETF, the gap is so high. So... Right now, just a few days back, Kotak, sorry, ET Prime carried a story of Kotak Alpha 50. I don't know whether you tracked it or not. No, I missed it. Yeah. So, it is a Alpha 50 Nifty uh, ETF. Now, what has happened on March 31st? Two stock went out and two stock came in. Now, this two stock which came in, one stock had a weightage of 10%, other stock had a weightage of 6%, 16%. But these two stocks were hitting upper circuit, so the fund could not buy it. So, they were sitting on 16% cash. Uh, that's going to hit your performance. That is hitting. That is visible. If you look at momentum investing where UTI got a momentum uh, fund uh, index, that is having a tracking error of 3%. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Consistently. Pretty high. So, investors need to be aware about these things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And ETF, you look at any day, is very funny thing in ETF. Suppose you look at, again, forget about, no, just look at Nifty ETF. Go to money control and see Nifty ETF prices. Suppose today market is up 1%. You will find some ETF down, some ETF up more than 1%. That's wild. That's it's, doesn't make I'm talking about Nifty. Yeah, yeah. I but know, forget about a small mid-cap where... There's no liquidity. There's no liquidity. This is the most liquid index on, in India. Absolutely. So, what has happened is that from 2015 to 2000... Prior to 2015, there was a huge outperformance. 2015 to 2020's area period in which we have seen underperformance by large cap. It is more structural in nature than the ability of fund manager and I'll explain you why. Because from 2015 to 2020, more than 80% of nifty performance came from top 5 stocks. For 5 years... 80% yes. performance in the Nifty came, came from, from just top five stocks. Stock. Wow. Now, as a mutual fund, you can't own more than 10% in a single stock. So, what do you do? Suppose Reliance is doing very well. Reliance weightage is 13-14%. You can't own more than 10% in Reliance Industries. So, post-2020, we have witnessed when the economic recovery become much more broad-based. I think you see outperformance coming back into mutual fund industry. And that, that five-year gap is going to obviously have some weightage whenever you look at longer-term performance because of these things. Yeah. Wow, folks, I hope that was um, useful to you. Simple takeaway, just choose your index fund carefully. Carefully and a couple of other things I'll tell you. Huh? When these, when they compare index fund, they don't give asset weightages. So suppose there's a HDFC flexi cap of 30,000 crore and their ITI large cap fund of 100 crore. They're in the same bracket. Even so, though there's 100 crores AUM and 30,000 crores AUM. Yeah, so if HDFC outperform by 1% and ITI underperform by 1%, it is 50-50% weight. Suppose there suppose are only two funds in that particular category. Uh, uh. There is a one part one need to keep in mind. Second part, which again is very important, is that suppose I am investing in Nifty 50. Now my fortunes are linked to Nifty 50. In actively managed fund, 
I can give to my investor two contrasting style. Mm. So suppose I believe as Narendra of ICICI and Prashant Jain of HDFC Mutual Fund are value investor, I would give part of the portfolio in the value investing. And I believe Axis and other fund houses are more growth oriented. I give contradictory style of investing to my to my uh, investor, which is not possible to be done in indexing. And one more interesting aspect which we are completely ignoring, which will have a huge repercussion as we go along. is this suppose act like what happened in us where passive become the biggest shareholder in the indices what does passive do when the voting of a particular item in a company comes mm. how do they decide how should they vote no oh, that, that's a big one yeah no, pe- people haven't thought about people this haven't thought about they it but but it is a challenge it's a big challenge yeah so because logically you're talking about ownership lying with a very select group of people and that's playing out in the us a whole stakeholder shareholder debate and they're not supposed to vote they're not supposed to vote <laughs> that's Really gonna be good fun. <laughs> good okay, we just let's get into the active part, right? Because your data, what you posted on LinkedIn, and I'll just say that to our listeners out there, says that data shows that on a twenty-year period, only twenty percent of active funds. Okay, that's forty schemes with a minimum twenty-year history, folks. That's important. Minimum twenty-year history, just twenty percent have underperformed the index. Okay, this is like I said, this is come counter to what. Absolutely, is, is and and, and it is interesting to see who underperform. Mm-hmm. It is LIC, JM, and Taurus. Just three funds. Exactly, and you have one HDFC large and uh, mid cap fund, which was earlier Morgan Stanley fund. The the which, old one. Okay. Yeah, so it reigned a close ended from fund from nineteen ninety four till fifteen uh, year till two thousand nine. And then it became open ended, and then later on, HDFC. The acquired. original fund for which people were standing in yes, line. Yes, in nineteen ninety four. Yes, same yeah. one. So it is yeah. now it is HDFC large and mid cap fund. So when you look at the performance of that that fund, largely it is the Morgan Stanley performance. Mm-hmm. It was a close ended fund, and you have JM, and you have Taurus, and you have LIC yes. kind of fund. Where if you look at effectively the AUM managed by these funds are not even one percent of the industry AUM, but they are there as a one item. So you need to give them. Weightage, <laughs> but if you look at asset weightage, even today more than two third of the large cap fund outperform indices. I that's con- that's contrary, man. It's yeah, because so totally nobody con- want to see the data because and the reason is very simple that the mutual fund industries and MFD has created a huge ecosystem of investor base. Mm-hmm. How do I go and get these investor very easily? So if so, you okay. want, this is your data. Explain how you got it, right? We don't know how the other side got it. Like you said, we don't know. No, I to just look at. I can show you the data. I just go to the SMF. I have a software. You can yeah. download the data whichever period you want to download. And what if it? So you've just done price performance. That's it. Absolutely, nothing else to be done. So you've compared the price performance of only those schemes which are twenty years plus. I did for twenty years. I did for twenty-five years. I did for fifteen years, ten years, five, ten, huh? and all I of them same. Yeah. So uh, for instance, uh, in five-year period, the active Underperformance is ninety-two percent in in five-year period. Ninety-two so percent of active mutual funds outperform. Underperform. Underperform. So, so on five-year basis, that yeah, because I, as I told you, from two thousand fifteen to two thousand twenty was a period where eighty percent plus gain came from only top five stocks. Okay. So because of that, the five-year data looks might give you that impression. But Absolutely. Once you expand the screen, you zoom out and you look at a yeah, longer so time I frame. Yeah, so I think it is more structural in nature because suppose Reliance is even Reliance it fantastically well during that period and the weight has become 14-15%. You can't own more than 8 to 10, 10 effectively. It is just not even 10%. 
लॉट्स ऑफ एक्टिव फंड मैनेजर डोंट अंडरस्टैंड रिलायंस आई हैवेंट मेट एनीबडी इन द कैपिटल मार्केट हु से आई अंडरस्टैंड दिस कंपनी सो इंटरेस्टिंगली इट इज नॉट इन द टॉप होल्डिंग ऑफ मेनी फंड्स इट इज द नंबर इट इज अंडर ऑन बिकॉज नोबडी अंडरस्टैंड इट सो इफ दैट स्टॉक डज वेल व्हाट डू यू डू यू विल अंडर परफॉर्म आई थिंक द एफआईएस हैव इट इन अ बिगर वे देन द एफआई वुड हैव इन द दैट्स अमेजिंग सो द लार्जेस्ट वेटेज स्टॉक of the nifty is under owned by the largest large cap funds in india it has to because first of wow. all if it weightage is 13% you can't go more than 10% how many fund manager in this country understand that balance sheet you ask them they will tell you yeah. you don't need to ask them look at the fact sheet you yeah, get yeah, the I answer mean, you know it's a 300 plus uh, 300 page plus annual report added on how many subsidies is got so you're saying that one is a structural thing which is that 10% limit will hit all fund managers even if they want they yeah, can yeah suppose now the hdfc and hdfc bank is getting merged the combined holding could be more than 10% because the free float is highest yeah. so then again you will have some problem is there something for the regulator to figure out because it's a you know it's a structural issue which is hurting active funds for no fault of this i think it is it is and interestingly in the sectoral fund these caps doesn't apply ha but sectoral funds ka weightage matlab you know who in i mean you know yeah, again the message, pharma banking sure. they yeah. are fund where people would like to participate there in in those the sectoral weightage doesn't apply but in actively managed fund the sectoral weightage do apply so regulator what regulator can do and should do in my opinion that you can go up to maximum of the weightage in the indices in a particular stock hmm. Uh, even it is breaking the ten percent limit. I think that is something which regulator I need to, but I don't think anybody is pushing right now because yeah, yeah, it yeah. is reliance. Yeah. Suppose now when HDFC and HDFC Bank get merged, mm. and then they would be urged to own these stocks. So perhaps at that time the need will arise, and then people would think what yeah. we need to do. Or reliance does uh, demerger. Who knows? <laughs> we yeah, we are not here to speculate. Yeah, yeah, we are not here mm. to uh, speculate that. Which is, I just realized one more thing that one argument that comes from the industry is that you had that reclassification of schemes. I think yeah, two yeah, three years yeah, ago, yeah, and because yeah. of that, two thousand eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. So there's been about four years to that. Maybe that also caused some, you know, some kind of. Um, I won't say polluting the data, but kind of it affects the data when you look at active. Yeah, it passive. does. It does affect the data. And second thing, it it affects the data is that uh, you just put five years, seven years number and say underperformance. Underperformance against what? Somebody had a Sensex as a benchmark. Somebody is a Nifty Fifty. Somebody is a Nifty Hundred. You pick one benchmark and then you. put everything around that everybody has to go by that benchmark i was not following that benchmark 3 years back 5 years back so why you why you punishing me mm. i went up when as you know that within the benchmark there are variance in in performance so in one particular period sensex did very well in one particular period nifty did very well but so it just one mistake but i think now regulator is saying for all large cap fund let's have nifty 100 as a benchmark so going forward it will be much more interesting to see one more interesting aspect is that the way passive funds are picked up it is for instance just look at nifty 50 top 50 free float market cap companies are picked up now that company could be anybody so for instance if you look at nifty as a fund manager nifty since its inception made 186 positions it made money in 86 so it made money in 56% of the position and 44% of the position nifty lost money it's <laughs> Serious? Just one minute. Let me get this right. You're saying that Nifty from inception just 95 to 2020. Plus, 180 plus. They made 186 changes, which is plus minus. Plus okay, minus. 186 came in, 186 went out. Out of that, they made money in 82 plus, around 56 percent. When you say money, it means that the entrants who came in actually returned positive, positive share before they exited, or they're still there. And the 
निफ्टी in march 2020 when it hit 54 rupees one and a half years so from 226 rupees down to 54 rupees there were only two set of investor buying yes bank one was passive in nifty fund second is retail investor so the retail investor and index fund invested in yes bank after the bad news came out 226 to 54 rupees wo sab loss apne jeb mein तो करना ही पड़ेगा बिकॉज दैट वॉज यूर इन टॉप फिफ्टी सो यू हैव टू बाय इट सपोज इंडेक्स फंड इज गेटिंग मनी दे गेटिंग एस आई इनफ्लो वॉट विल यू डू विल बाय दैट ऑनली सो आई एम सींग दीज आर स्ट्रक्चरल चेंजेस एंड कपल ऑफ अदर एस्पेक्ट पीपल नीड टू कीप इन माइंड वेन वी कंपेयर यू एस मार्केट एंड से दिस थिंग हेज वर्क इन यू एस सो इट विल वर्क इन इंडिया नॉट नेसेसरिली इट इज ट्रू so for instance what is good for wall street may not be great idea for other part of the world so for instance most of the theory in economy and finance come from wall street us universities because they drive the agenda for instance interest rate the falling interest rate is great for economy india is a country of savers is that great for them ask a poor retiree he will tell you throughout his life he lived in 8% inflation his retirement days come and you say we have to become globally competitive so fd will get 5% Yeah, Don't you, tell. You should put that money in the stock market. Exactly. Wow. So who will put the money in stock market? And in India, debt market means FD. It is not the bond fund. So unlike US, where the interest rate went down, you had a huge capital gain. You didn't have that situation in India. So you have to think how India work and how Indians work. So I give one very interesting illustration. In India, not a single brand of any product dominate in any category. Hmm. You could have five percent, six percent. Unlike US, where there are two political parties two cola drink or one breakfast in india nothing like it and the one of the biggest idea which is ever marketed to humanity is religion and i tell you something very interesting about it if you look at the western world if you are believed in christianity there's a one god jesus if you believed in islam there's a one god allah mm. so they had 100% market share <laughs> in india we have hindus Jains, Jains have one god, Hinduism, which is like eighty percent of the population. I don't think a single god <laughs> have more than three four percent market share. So we are a very different country. Market share. Okay, we've never done religion on this show, but thanks Vijay for that. Okay, um, to wrap this up, Vijay, you're a big believer in active equity mutual. I mean, I mean, you can understand it because you've come from the industry, you've stayed there, you've seen um 
I'm sure you know all, a lot of the fund managers. What if, you know, a lot of our listeners out there just want this very simple advice. Let's say they're going out to invest in an active fund. Okay, we already covered index and we've shown how that can be a tough decision. How should they go about choosing an active mutual fund? So I think uh, I would answer them that first of all, they need to have a good financial advisor working with. It is very, very important for everything. Don't go DIY, DIY. I meet many investors that tell me we select a stock directly, we select mutual fund directly, we do this direct, this direct. I said for all of them, there's outsourced service available with demonstrable track record of 2025 is why you need to break your head. And I look at that person, I said, you need to reduce 15 kg weight. Something, this is something which you can't outsource. Your family need time. Your spouse is saying you don't spend time. Your colleagues are telling you don't spend time. Your siblings are telling, your parents are telling you don't spend time because you don't have time. These things cannot be outsourced. So get your priority clear. Your health is number one priority. We are living in obesity. We are living in the lifestyle diseases. What is for more dangerous for you? And I tell you by going through a financial advisor, I can create more wealth even in the full brokered plan. For instance, one of the biggest thing you can create in investing in longevity. Suppose you work out daily one hour rather than spending time and figuring out which stock to buy. You will live 85 years instead of 80 years and last 5 years, whatever you created, double in 85th year. So, if you understand mathematics, understand this very clearly. There's a one part. You should have a good financial advisor. Second thing is that there are certain things, as we explain, which can be outsourced, should be outsourced to somebody. The third thing is that don't go by rating and perhaps we'll do a separate show on the rating where I looked at the best rated fund and how they perform in future. <laughs> okay. It's a very interesting thing. So, but my opinion is that go with your well-chosen financial advisor because you can question them. You can't question index one diversified across 7-8 fund houses and assume that 2 fund will be great, 2 fund will be lousy, 4 fund will be okay. But on an average, in a 20-year period, the worst performed mutual fund delivered you 12% return. Just go with that mindset. It will beat anybody else. So don't focus too much on beating the market. First focus on meeting the market. Wow. In a 20-year period, the worst equity, active equity mutual fund still gave you 12% CAGR. 12% CAGR, CAGR. Just focus, assume that you're going it's to get worst only. You're going to get worst only. <laughs> Just go with that. <laughs> you need your own podcast, my friend. You, you should really look at doing that. I think the good folks here at IVM can help you with that. And folks, that is a wrap on this is real, really fun-filled episode of Pesa Vesa, my guest, Vijay Mansri, co-founder and chief investment strategist at JRL Money. The website is JRL Money. And like I said, you should also check out Jivantika. You know, if you have, if you suddenly found a bunch of share certificates, reach out to us, reach out to Jivantika and they will help you out. This Vijay, really, thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Pleasure, pleasure Anupam, pleasure, really. Thank you. And folks, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM Network. You can listen to us on the IVM Podcast app or IVMPodcast.com. You can also also follow us on our social media. We are IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter. Folks, thank you. Really, thank you so much for listening to Pesa Vesa. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.